Sean is a fresh of breath air. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love eating it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? It kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank you for that. Stitching, you got it. Thank you. Hey, Dean, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Stay focused. Um, Work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy, DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Witty Nation, welcome everyone to episode 136 of the Way Not Funny Sports Podcast, the number one self-rated Buffalo sports podcast covering the Bills, Sabres, entertainment, and everything in between, and as always part of the Built-In Buffalo Podcast Network. Go follow us on Twitter at Witty Sports or X at Witty Sports 716, and make sure you check out everything Built-In Buffalo has given you every single day, YouTube, Facebook, the best Bills content out there, and we're just getting going as the season is right around the corner here at built in Buffalo underscore. Make sure you follow. We are yours. I am Matt. He is Tony. Tony, what's going on? Witty, not funny, the podcast. I'm talking bills and maybe severance. And when we shun to sign off, we'll wish a go bills to two that are left listening. Matt, what is up? What is going on? Are we playing Stump Matt with your your song this week? I'll give you a hint. Um, okay, it was on the rate. It was on the loudspeaker in Wegman's Baytown location. Oh, this this helps. Approximately <laughs> one hour and fifteen minutes ago. Keep in mind, is Matt. It... Keep in mind, Matt. Baytown is not my usual Wegman's location. It is not really going off the beaten path for you here. Is it uh, semi-sonic closing time? No, it is not. I actually don't know the name of the song. Is it Creed? Okay. No, Someone that's not Creed. Love suicide. I'll be your da, da, da. yeah. Is it Tail Bachman again? We should wow, just have Tail Bachman be a running joke every week, <laughs> or try to get Tail Bachman on the podcast. I'm guessing. Oh, wow, Tail Bachman is not busy. It's by an artist named Edwin McCain. According to the That's internet. That's right. I remember that now. Edwin McCain. No, of course, the, as you know. Uh, the the pre-Tail Bachman, if you will. Son. <laughs> or, yeah. or John McCain's son, yes. His forgotten child, Ed McCain. Right. Uh, when all he stopped musician, me this week. Well, I'm not a very good singer. So, no, I mean, no, I am a good singer makes it for difficult. some situations. But this was not one of those situations. Mainly because I don't really know the song very well at all. I feel if like I put more efforts into actually song. learning the Oh, I think it's popular. Just I, yeah. I don't know it very well. I think if I put more effort into knowing the songs or going with songs that I really know well and maybe am far better rehearsed, you would end up not being stumped. Tony, I think you do. But say la job. vie. So say la vie. And I know the listeners think you do a heck of a job as well. Tony, in our opening, we tout ourselves as the number one sports podcast covering Bill Savers and entertainment. As listeners know, we drop a lot of pop culture references, music, movies, TV. And Tony, I thought we'd tie in to our opener this week. The Bills, of course, because this is a sports podcast that talks a majority of the time about the Buffalo Bills and our current favorite TV show. And that is on Apple TV called Severance. It's a great show to come along. We love it. I don't know. Lost. We're big loss fans, of course. Wow. Tony, if you could summarize Severance, and we and listeners, if 
we we dropped a little hint of this last week in our episode title, the perpetuity preseason. So if you didn't understand that mm. reference, you need to go watch Severance right now. You should anyway. It's an amazing show. Tony, if you were to summarize Severance in like four sentences or less, how would you describe Severance for the listeners who haven't uh, like seen the, it? Uh, yes. The premise of the show is that there is a company called Lumen. Lumen is a giant, is a large conglomerate uh, that kind of just like makes everything. And some of Lumen's workers are severed, which means that they have severed their memories and brains uh, between their work selves and their non-work selves. In the lingo of re- severance, that's your innies and your outies. So when you go down the elevator to work, assuming you work on the severed floor, you go down the elevator to your office or cubicle, the computer chip in your brain triggers and you do not remember who you are or what has happened in your personal life. And you now assume your any identity, the person you are at work and the person you are at work is completely unknown to your Audi, to who you are in real life. So you are essentially two consciousnesses, your any and your Audi, your work person and yeah. your home person. You have a split consciousness, a uh, little more than four sentences, but great yeah. premise description there. So Tony, to well, it's a really complicated a, show. So four it sentences is a really complicated show. It's a great <laughs> like, puzzle box show with a lot of mystery and a lot of clues and a lot of cliffhangers and reveals. And it, it's it's awesome. So maybe listeners are saying, Matt and Tony, how could you tie that into a sports podcast? We will tie it in by naming a couple bills that we think might be severed that might have split consciousness on the field and off the field. And Tony, they're, they're player like selves and they're non-player selves. They're player selves and they're non-player selves. Uh, Tony, would you like to do right. the honors with uh, the first Bills player who you think is severed, who his any on the field is <laughs> a different person than his Audi off the field? Who do you believe is severed on the Bills? Um, I think it makes the most sense that it seems that uh, number 14 himself, number one in our hearts, Steph Diggs, is severed. Steph like Diggs this. is... is like the obvious one. ...is Stefan D. It, to, put, to put it in severed terms, he's Stefan D is who we see on the field. You know, this also brings to mind, is severance a ripoff of Family Matters? Oh, like Steve Urkel was Stefan Urkel? Yeah. When the writers of severance were sitting, coming up with an idea... Maybe they were coming up with that idea as they were watching the Stefan or Kel arc of Family Matters. Because, <laughs> yes, right. I mean, the basis of severance does seem like split personality, split consciousness. I think where it differs was Stefan or Kel was just like him all the time. He didn't go back and forth, if I remember correctly. I mean, he went into the, I don't remember what the piece of technology is called, like the cool chamber yeah, like or something like that. Chamber, when yeah. Steve Urkel became cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was him all the time until he went back into the chamber. But if the chamber is the elevator, then it's the same. And I don't believe that Steve or Stefan remembered what happened while they were in the other person. While they were the other person, am I? Do I have have to go back and watch? I don't think so. I feel like Steve kind of when he went back to being Steve had like this coolness factor, or was a little less dorky than you. I don't know. It was so long ago. It's like early 90s. Yeah. You're asking me to like remember when I was 10 years old. The real Stefan Urkel. Stefan Urkel, Stefan Diggs, or Stefan D, as as Mr. Miltrick would call him. So he must be because I'm led to believe by amateur media outlets who who are not us. We are not us. 
Uh, yeah, that Stefan Diggs, yeah, that Stefan Diggs is decidedly unhappy, constantly getting in feuds in addition to family feuds, and that he is just at odds with the Buffalo Bills organization. And yet, every time I see him practice, he's doing it for real, giving it his all, and saying things like that he's Bills Mafia for life, uh, and that every report is untrue. So I feel like it only leads to the obvious explanation that Stefan Diggs is running his mouth unhappy, but Stefan D is Bill's Mafia for life. I think that's a great first choice because it seems like, and, and this is a great first choice because of what ha- transpired this week with Stephen A. Right. Smith talking about how his sources, quote unquote, and if you could see me now, I'm doing the finger quotes. Stephen A.'s sources said Stefan Diggs wants out of Buffalo, which was a wild accusation, completely yeah. void of any kind of factual backing or anything. Just, I guess these national media people can throw things out willy-nilly and have no recourse from it. Stephen A. had a rough week, by the way. He did the Stefan Diggs statement and then came back with Alonzo Ball, how he's can't sit down. And Alonzo Ball from the Chicago Bulls put out a video showing him sitting down and standing up. So Stephen A. just <laughs> throwing crap out there. But I think that goes to a bigger story. If I could go off for a second here, Tony. Please. I think there's a movement in national media because they've realized how passionate Bills fans are. I'm speaking specifically about Bills fans. There's a movement in national media to troll any chance you can get. Mm-hmm. So, oh, a top mm-hmm. five QB rankings in the NFL. We're going to put Josh Allen at five, even though he's probably three at worst. They're just doing this to get the clicks, to get the views. They're doing it on purpose, and they truly do not believe it. Now, other half of me says Stephen A. Smith's kind of an idiot. We have many instances of that when he's talking about Hayden Hurst right. being on the, evidence, the Chargers. The evidence, there. the evidence is there when Hayden Hurst was injured all year and talking about other guys who have impacts on the team when they were cut months ago like Stephen A. Smith does not do his due diligence if you will so but Stefan Diggs is a great example because it does seem like his off the field persona is different than his on the field on the field he is very happy-go-lucky doing handshakes with teammates and dancing uh, even being the leader that many claim he has trouble being or being the opposite of a locker room issue that he is known to be because we see him out there coaching and showing young guys how to run routes like Keyshawn Johnson, how to to play the position better. And then off the field, we see a guy who does cryptic tweets and it just seems like he's unhappy or he's dissatisfied. He wants to play with his brother and demand a trade to do like just all wild accusations that sometimes come from just Steph Diggs being facetious i guess is, is the best word i'll take fastidious you know what jerry says but it does seem like stefan Diggs is living two separate lives is long story short mm-hmm. so great first pick of what bill's player if could you be separate i will just say all the things that you just said wrapping it up that it seems like he's this and that unhappy wants to play with his brother etc i don't actually believe any of that you and i don't know that. if you do yeah, yeah okay i don't know if you do or if you were just saying that for the explanation of the pick which is essentially what i'm doing okay pick two what do you got (laughs) uh for my pick pick two i think this one seems quite obvious as well and i'm gonna go with a guy who just cannot seem 
to put it together. It's almost like his brain is split when he is on the field and when he is off the field. Mm. And I'm going with Kyrie Elam as who could be a severed oh. player. Now, before I start into why Kyrie Elam could be severed, and this goes along with it, so it ties in all in the same. Uh, shout out to everybody at Built in Buffalo this past week helping Kyrie Elam and Stevie Johnson put together backpacks for the kids for this upcoming school year. So shout out to Lance and everyone at Built in Buffalo uh, for helping out with that event. And this kind of goes hand in hand with why I choose Kyrie Elam to be my choice for who could be severed on the Buffalo Bills. We have evidence, video evidence of Kyrie Elam off the field. His Audi being this kind of calm, cool, collected, maybe a little stoic. When he was drafted, we saw a big notebook and how he seemed to be a very knowledgeable and educated and kind of just just put together, right? And together is, is the, the key word here when we're talking about severance because we're talking about split consciousness. So Tyre Elam on the field, as you've described, as we have seen, is kind of like a loose cannon. It seems like by year two, based on who he is off the field, he should kind of naturally be... I don't even want to say good because I think he is good, but better at his craft. Let's say, let's put it that way. He should be better at his craft. We see on the field a lot of holding, a lot of handsy stuff that we've read in practice reports and seen on the field during these preseason games. It doesn't seem like Kyrie off the field would be like the unsleeved machete that you've metaphorically described him as. So I'm going with Kyrie as my choice for who could be severed on the bills. I think that makes a lot of sense. I also liked when you said unsleeved machete because my reaction and then said that that was a metaphor of mine from weeks ago. Because when you said unsleeved machete, Classic. I thought, I silently thought, what the hell is he talking about? Unsleeved machete. They're your words. Then, yeah, I know. And then you were like, as you described it, and I was like, Whoa. and it, it, it took me a beat to be like, oh yeah, that that is something yeah, that I, I said that. said. I said, Carrie Lim is an unsleeved machete. Much like the one I keep in my basement for just in case of intruders. Kyrie Elam, I totally see it as severed. So one symptom of being severed uh, that occurs Mm -hmm. is that there is a childishness that comes with being severed um, because you are essentially, your innie is born, you know, without like emotional, yeah, like without emotional skills. Like they are are truly born. They are in obviously an adult body. So Kyrie Elam is like that. And you will see that he maybe reacts in a little bit more of a childish manner than than we would prefer. And maybe that manifests because he is, in fact, severed. Uh, and he's only yeah. a rookie. He was severed at the draft. He's a draft day severance yes. case. What if the um, combine is the severance procedure? Oh, wow. They go through the interview process. They get coached mm-hmm. into how to interview. They get financial class. Like, it feels like the combine could be where the severance takes place if we're, if we're really yeah, diving into the combine into is like that. Yeah. Then you just see and learn who you are. Speaking of the combine, on Kyrie Elam, that pr- that supports his the theory of him being severed it is in fact the notebook that you mentioned, where he has to keep the notebook because he doesn't remember anything from his other self. Oh, I like that. See, that was very good. Mm-hmm. I didn't tie that together, but the way you did, but yeah. I like the way you tied it. Well, wait till I tie together my next pick, man. What's your next pick? Tim? You ready for this one? So. This theory of mine is that we have a player on the Bills who is not a severed Bill, but 
has been severed by other teams. It is a different, it is another team's chip in his brain. Uh, and that's because, you know, we know that NFL teams take excruciating efforts into ensuring that their secrets don't get out, that their plays are not leaked, that their strategies are kept in-house, and that much of the information is kept in-house. Now, there's also always that danger that a player could take that information to another team, to their next team, or maybe in this case, take it back to their past and future team. And that is why I propose to you that A.J. Klein is severed. Because it would be a strategic advantage for any other team to sever A.J. Klein because they know full well that he will eventually just end up going back to the Bills anyway. So they have to sever him to make sure their secrets don't get out and don't get leaked to the Bills. I like this a lot. I will give fuel to your to your fire here of A.J. Klein being severed. Do it up, uh, baby. If you just Google search A.J. Klein, I would say 95% of the photos of him the man has no emotion whatsoever. It's almost oh, like he's a blank another, slate. Right. A blank slate. As though he was just, I don't want to say created, but just came right. into this, is finding his own way it's into the world. consciousness. Right. Right. The new so, version of himself. AJ. He's, AJK. He's, yes. He's almost like the Miss Casey in this case, I feel like. Like just no oh, yeah, emotion, just very yes. bland and like, riding a bike of emotions for the first time like the training wheels are on and he's just slowly like formulating what is happy and what is sad he any picture of him like google search aj klein listeners right now just go 80 percent of the pictures at minimum are him just not smiling not even frowning nothing just blank slate really crazy so he could very well be severed i could i could very much see this well, Matt, while you were doing that, I did Google search AJ Klein, and I have to agree with you. Most of these, most of these pictures look like a mannequin's face. Yes, right. like it's the mouth mannequin is fake and attached to Dick's itself. Sporting Could not be wearing a football uniform. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I had already Googled him before you suggested that because I wanted to see his real name. It's Aaron James Klein. I wanted to see his real name because I would assume his Innie's name would be not AJK but Aaron K. Right. And then he would find and then uh but in my theory, he wouldn't be because he's his Audi if he plays for the Bills. He's his innie if he plays for another team. So I guess yeah, mm-hmm. so I guess he would still be AJ. I guess this is all nothing. <laughs> Tony, you ready for my uh final one and the final one of our intro here? And I think it's yes, I can't wait. a really good one because it's a person that maybe was once severed but is the first bill of this season to try to go through reintegration. And that is Brandon Shell. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Brandon yeah. Shell feels like with his impromptu retirement, it feels like a reintegration scenario where he no longer wants to be severed. He no longer wants to be separated in his mind. So he reintegrates into society, realizes Football is gladiatorial, and I've had many concussions, and I could get hurt. I'm not going to do this anymore. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right, because he would be in a scenario of remembering both his consciousness, both his lives. He would right. remember what things were like for his any and what things were like for his Audi. Right. His idea of retirement, yes. He must be going for reintegration. I agree with you on that one. Yes. Which is very dangerous, so as you know. Very dangerous. Causes sickness. 
and yeah reintegration sickness is a danger yeah yeah. Good point. We, told, should, we, somebody should probably check on, somebody should probably check on Brandon Shaw right now. Mm-hmm. He might be going through some stuff with reintegration. Mm-hmm. I'm like hyper-focused on their names. Yeah. You <laughs> are hyper-focused. Like they're in or in your, their yeah. Indian Audi name. Yeah. For those who don't watch yeah, the show, all right. their severed state uh, just goes by their first name plus last initial. And yeah. don't you all, or some don't you also of- think like, like we do on this podcast often we come up with ridiculous ideas and this is very much one of those and then we kind of walk through how it could be something because there's been i i've read since watching the show there's been many studies that and uh education articles that say we're kind of close to this technology being a thing Mm -hmm. and as you and i know in the show severance they all enter and leave at different times and that's on purpose just kind of like at training camp, players come and go at the same time yep. as well. Some people yep. stay out on the you field a little longer. Some uh, go in early. Some people go in very early because they're hurt or they need to, to get a rest. They're leaving and coming and going at different times, just like the severed people in the show. I'm just saying it might seem ridiculous, but when you kind of connect the dots, we kind of are onto something here. It, it seems irrefutable to me at this point. What you said about training camp, yes, very important. So it's like the tunnel but under the bleachers is where the chip oh, the tripper thing, is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yes, where the severance. Yeah. Data blockers. Like in training camp, if on a NFL roster, if you get cut, what do you have to do? Hand in your playbook. Like it's like yeah. that part of your life is done. Do not <laughs> like leave with it. Mm-hmm. So when you go through the tunnel, I know. Or you leave the coach's office, you hand in your playbook, you can't bring it out or you get blocked. You can't bring that up. Otherwise, right. Otherwise, the alarms are going off. Right. So, again, crazy theory. So, we do on this podcast. Yep. But kind of as you walk it back, it's not that ridiculous. Not that crazy. Uh, You're not crazy. You're not crazy, listeners. We're not crazy either. So, let's just not be crazy together throughout this episode. And and we're going to have a good time. Tony, speaking of good times, you know, likes to have a good time. He's a 90 year old (laughs) man called Mark Brady. (laughs) I was going to say, is he. Is he a frail World War II veteran? Yes, the craziest of them all. All right, as all some right. say. Let's 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 they party, party the down most. then. Party with Marv. Actually, party with Marv would be like a great. You ever see those like cruises with like Blink One Eighty Two crews? Yeah, the party with Marv cruise would be elite. Absolutely. You'd just be singing. You won't be able to just keep be up singing with the whole time. <laughs> no. Oh, Good luck trying. Yeah, exactly. Good luck trying as well. He's in top physical condition. And because he's in top physical condition, he comes to our studios every week to take us out and take us in to our bill segment. Tony, you ready to throw it to Marv? Yes. Let's throw it to Marv in his beautiful angelic voice. We'll be back after the break. Go, go. Bills fight, bills go. Come on, let's win for And we are back, listeners. Week two of the preseason in the books. And boy, was it a bury the ball kind of moment for this Bills team have not suffered a preseason loss like that in years as long as I can remember Tony losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers 27 to 15 scoring zero points in the first half of half a majority of the half I think all the half actually the first team and starters played in so not a lot of good to take from this one, Tony. We'll try our best. Uh, your overall impressions watching the Bills in week two of the preseason. What'd you think? 
my biggest thing is that I think the offensive woes kind of boil down to the O-line. And I feel like I'm a, on a broken record this offseason, but it just mm. feel like it's feels like it's all shutting down there right from the start and collapsing. And, and everything else about it is, is collapsing. Um, I'm really looking forward to maybe that kind of stabilizing itself or something being done that will like, we'll have it figured out. I'm just looking forward to when it seems like the offensive line is figured out. Uh, so it started there for me. Um, but I thought that the skill position players looked pretty decent, especially the weaponry. Um, mm-hmm. I was hoping Khalil Shakir was going to have like a real bounce back game here. No, that didn't happen, but it's not like anybody did. So there's right. that. Uh, obviously, defensively, we had our moments. I would just look for more consistency. And what worries me there is that, well, I guess I can't judge anything based on the way Sean McDermott is calling the game because it's obviously going to be completely vanilla and preseason-ish. Uh, so I'll, right. reserve, I'll reserve that kind of judgment for, or based on that, I will reserve my defensive judgment there. Overall, yeah. in terms of the injuries that we suffered, we're not winning or losing any more games because of this in, these injuries. So in that right. sense, I guess maybe it's a success. So that's something. And that's my so. impression. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't easy to watch. It wasn't exciting to watch. It was not, it a did fun not watch. make me excited. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> did not yeah, make it me not excited. It was it not me... severance. It was not a fun watch. I don't know if I would say I'm worried. I think concerned is a better word because we have talked about this offensive line for weeks and weeks now of how they're still just kind of okay. Like mm-hmm. we should be talking about these guys as if they're more than okay. And we, we just can't get to that point. Guys like Deion Dawkins and Mitch Morris, who have been the constants on this offensive line for years now, they're kind of okay. <laughs> oh, constants. Now you're talking lost. Yes. There you go. Boom. Circling back. Circling the back, baby. So, so the offensive line is a concern. Now, the asterisk is the Pittsburgh Steelers have a fantastic front for guys like yeah. TJ Watt, obviously, Alex Highsmith, Cameron Hayward. All these guys are all pro level players. Uh, and then you add to it guys like Quan Alexander and Micah Fitzpatrick. And I mean, there's, there's a lot of good players and Marcus golden who they signed this off season, who is a guy I wanted the bills to sign for the past two years. They just have a mm-hmm. lot of impactful defenders who can produce and can produce the sexy stats in terms of sacks. So um, it was a big test for this offensive line and, they did not pass the test from what we could see. So guys continue to struggle. Guys like Spencer Brown, who I thought had a couple nice reps against TJ Watt, but for the most part struggled. Deion Dawkins, I thought struggled. Mm-hmm. Talking about Constance, though, Osiris, I always want to say Osiris Torrance, and that's right, but it doesn't feel right. Feels like it should be, <laughs> right. as we mentioned when he was drafted, Osiris O'Torrance. Osiris Torrance, though, for two weeks now, I think has been the best offensive lineman on this team. And that is a very good sign. So I like that. Now an issue comes in with Connor McGovern being hurt at practice and Sean McDermott kind of being unsure of his timetable in terms of return that opens back up Brian Bates to be in a starting role, which is a great, as we talked about last week, a great backup to have a guy who's had starting experience for years now who can play any position along the offensive line. So that's why you build the depth on the roster in case an occurrence like this happens where 
a guy, a starter to get hurt, you can just replace him with another starter level player. Now, when Ryan Bates was in, he didn't look great either on the offensive line. So I don't know what we're swapping here. If it's Bates or Edwards or whoever, the offensive line just needs to be better overall. And they need to be better overall because uh-huh. they need to protect number 17, who, thank God, did not get hurt. And despite the offensive line breakdowns and despite him scrambling and me saying, throw it away, go down, stop doing Josh Allen stuff, Josh Allen looked super good. 7 10, only 64 yards, but a lot of those yards that he did earn called back because of penalties. So, in showing again, just Josh Allen doing Josh Allen things, the arm strength that we've come to know, the guy who can make any throw on the field that we've come to know, just showing that in the little time he had in the second preseason game. So great to see Josh Allen in form. Thought Gabe Davis looked good. I thought Stefan Diggs looked good. You mentioned the weapons, and we'll talk about stock up, stock down, and it's my turn this week to talk about it. And we'll talk about some of those weapons, but for the most part, the weapons looked good, and they looked like they were in sync with their quarterback, and especially rookie Dalton Kincaid. So uh, we finally saw him flash a little. So some good things to take from this game. Wasn't all bad. I think the biggest concern, and I agree, is the offensive line. What might be more of a bigger concern that doesn't grammatically make sense, but what might be more of a bigger what? concern than the offensive line is Sean McDermott's glasses selection. Can we talk about this for a second? Tony? Yep. It was uh, inevitable. Your tongue, wasn't it? Sort of every listener, every worker, every host, everyone knew it was coming. We have we to have, have this have, talk. We have to have this talk. Sean McDermott. Like uh, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> that whoa, a hot whoa. Take? Okay. Now we, now we definitely have to have this talk. All right. When I first saw them, I was appalled, aghast at the choice this man could have made of these clear framed 80 year old plus old lady golden girls esque with the dimmed lenses look that he wore. This is a look we've never seen Sean McDermott wear. Now we know this year Sean McDermott is taking over the defense. So he has a new role and it's not just a head coach. It's leading the defense as defensive coordinator. Maybe this is how Sean McDermott adapts to that with this wild boogie nights, 80s porn star esque (laughs) sunglass selection he made. I was embarrassed for him and you could tell someone got in his ear and maybe he reads our tweets. Maybe he reads our tweets. We know players see our stuff, AKA hold God from last year. We started that. Oh yeah. Caught on. We've had other instances where mm-hmm. players and, have mentioned and we all stuff saw what we happened. have mentioned first. And we, yes, we all saw it happen. We're related. Um, but after halftime, Sean McDermott took the glasses off and did not wear them again for the rest of the game. So maybe he got the message from us. We don't know. Uh, we'll get our our insiders in on that. But uh, as confused as I am about the sunglasses selection of Sean McDermott, I'm equally as confused about why you like them. Please take me there. Okay, so this is interesting. Now, at the beginning, you thought, or I was led to believe that you thought they were like seeing glasses, prescription glasses, and then you call them sunglasses. Do you think that they are visual glasses or you think they're only sunglasses? I thought they were sunglasses. I think they're only sunglasses as well. Yeah. No. I mean, I've never, if I have seen Sean McDermott wear glasses other occasions, then I would think that they were visual. Right. But that is not what I... Is not, I haven't seen him wear glasses before. So. Right. so why do you like them? And that would also make sense why he would have to take them up. I'm not so 
what I'm trying to work in is some joke about the glory of Vanderbilt collection, but I got, I can't figure anything out. It's so terrible. I don't know. I think they're nice. I think it was a bold choice, but a good choice. I thought it looked pretty decent. I can't say anything. Uh, I mean, th- these are my tastes, Matt. What do you want? Okay. You might, you might be on an Island by yourself on this one. If you close your eyes for a second, listeners, just picture you are an NFL player ready to go out there. Maybe you're a bubble player. Maybe you're trying to earn your roster spot. You're all jacked up. You're ready to perform at the highest athletic performance you possibly can out on that field. As Sean McDermott just whips on those glasses and tries to rile you up. And I, if I was that NFL player, I'd just be like, who's Blanche over here trying to lead us out of the tunnel all pumped up, ready to win a game? Like, no. That's not what leaders wear. I did not Mike find Tomlin's them to be. I didn't. Mike Tomlin's on the opposite sideline wearing some badass Top Gun aviators, as he always does, just looking like the coolest guy in the world. And you got opposite Agnes over there, Sean McDermott, the Walking for Hims commercial. I, 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 I didn't like it. Hims would be a great like sponsor. It. Yes, it would. Shout out for Hims. Love you, Hims. Love you, Hims. I probably shouldn't Stephon be saying Diggs that. Is him. Like, that's true. That That is a. Cross cross seemed, marketing, I'm shocked has not happened. I know, right? I, I'm surprised at that one too. Yeah. Or any kind of like crest dental. You thought they would have been all over that yeah. with the floss. Absolutely, I do. There's a, there's a lot of cross promotional marketing that I feel like companies are missing out with Stefan Diggs. He's in the new Gatorade commercial, so I'll give him that. That's true. Gatorade. But that's, Gatorade so, that's like assignment. expected. Yeah. But I just, the glasses. Yeah. Gatorade. I, I was confused. I'm sure the players were confused, and I'm sure it translated. I don't think the players were confused. I, I would be if I was a player. You don't think you think that was the first the players have seen uh, those glasses? Those? They've seen them before. Yes, I don't think so. You think hi game day? Check out my new glasses. You think that's what happened? No. Yeah. I think they've seen those babies before, and I think they look this, great. This brutal Pittsburgh sun need to put on these special glasses for. Mm-hmm. Said that nobody ever. Summer in Pittsburgh sun. Except Sean McDermott. Yeah. It's summertime. It's summertime. That's right. The glasses were a negative for me. I think it translated on the field to a negative. Again, it's it's preseason. Like half of me is just glad nobody significant got hurt. I'm not saying Tommy Doyle is not significant because what an awful injury for a He's guy who was game. battling back from an ACL from last year to have that happen to him again is just horrid and uh, you feel awful for the guy. All our best Tommy Doyle is recovery, obviously, but you know, Josh Allen came out healthy. Stefan Diggs came out healthy. Like most of the core guys came out healthy for, for the most part. So good to see. I'm not one to buy into the, like it's preseason. We didn't scheme. It's very vanilla. Yes. That is the case. I know that's the case. And it's more of like, it's a one-on-one battle. Go out there and win your battles. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that's football, right? Sometimes you just, you can scheme up all you want, but in the end, you kind of got to win your one-on-one battles. The receiver with the cornerback, the offensive lineman with whoever defensive lineman lines up from them. Just win your battles. And the Bills didn't win their battles. And that's what's concerning to me is like, we can scheme all, all we want, but if we can't win our battles... They're in the trenches or one-on-one on on the perimeter with the wide receivers and cornerbacks. Bunch of penalties again. Kyrie Elam had pass interference. Benford, like, if you can't win those one-on-one battles, like, what are we doing here? That's that's what's concerning to me. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, especially in the second preseason game, which is now 
uh, what it seems like the league uses as the, you know, quote unquote dress rehearsal one, the one where we're willing to play more starters. And we certainly saw the starters in the front seven of Pittsburgh. Um, and we're going to be playing people that talented all year. So th- like those are battles that need to be won. And I think it, at this point, like we're really just kind of hoping that we're the one we are better at getting better throughout the year compared to some other units. Right. I, I, I hope so. I, I hope again, this is just preseason and, and you know what, maybe this is the wake up call they need of like, mm-hmm. things aren't just going to be handed to them. So, yeah, I like that attitude. I mean, certainly they have been, I mean, we've, media had, darling we've had those in the past, season, right? So. They have, they have right. really, we've had those in the past with the Jacksonville game a few years back of like, things aren't just going to be handed to us. we got to go out there and earn them every given Sunday. But in those instances in the past, they've happened well into the season. Maybe sometimes while we're in the playoff stretch of the end of the season and they kind of get that wake up call. So I don't know if it's a good thing that happened in the preseason and now we can fix things. We have two weeks plus to fix things as, as we start regular season games. So uh, we'll see how they bounce back this week in the third game. Hopefully they look a little better. Sean McDermott did say the stars are going to play again. And I think that was understandable. If the stars went out there and I think looked super polished and fluid and Mm -hmm. rhythmic and effortless, I don't think they'd be playing this game. But because they looked sluggish and sloppy and the timing was off, again, a lot of penalties. I think that's why the stars are playing in week three of the preseason here in a meaningless preseason game. Yes, you risk injury, but... You gotta hope the players know what they're doing. Andy Reid plays Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs stars in week three of preseason just to get them in a rhythm going into the season. So this isn't unheard of. So uh, just we just pray that nothing uh, bad happens injury wise. That's all. That's all I care about. I said it from the start. Just get out of the preseason and these meaningless practices and preseason games. Get out of them healthy. That's all that matters at this point. So. Tony, anything else to say about the game as a whole before I get into my stock up and stock down? Nope. I can't wait to hear your ups and downs. Ups and downs. We'll start with the I ups. am heading on to Robin Hood because I'm seeing your stock up, stock down. <laughs> Filling out my stock. text form. Mm, not going to be a big return. Your stock up, stock down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess you're right. Not going to be a big return. Um, I'll start with my stock up. Uh, and again, this is mostly based on week two, but what we've seen throughout the summer here. My first stock up, and I, I think this is an easy one for me because right now it is August 24th, and I did not think this player would even be on the field, let alone playing games, and seemingly be in position to earn a roster spot, and that's DeMar Hamlin. He returns to his hometown of Pittsburgh this past week to a Huge ovation from the crowd, rightfully so. But he looks like Tamar Hamlin out there. And for that, I have to say, that's a miracle in itself. Not only a miracle that the man is out there, period, but that he has the mental fortitude, that he has the uh, physical ability to just play football as he normally does. Like, if that was me and I was in his shoes, I would be scared to death every single second I'm on that field of what could happen, of what could happen again. And DeMar Hamlin just doesn't seem to have that face him. He's out there doing DeMar Hamlin things, making tackles on special teams and on defense, like getting in the box, playing football. And to that 
and he's making plays out there too. He's, he's not hesitant in any way, shape or form. Like he's noticeable out there. He's not running away from any. So to that, I just have to say stock up. Like, and I think, as I said, he's in line for that fourth safety role. I think it's between him and nobody at this point. I, I really think is for a guy who I thought maybe, maybe due to his health concerns, obviously that I thought maybe they'd practice squad him and see how he came along. He looks to be fine. And I think that fourth roster spot behind Hyde Poyer and Rap is, is a lock for DeMar Hamlin at this point. I would say that I agree with you uh, that I think it is. The only scenario, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod before, the only scenario where I think he's in danger of losing it to anybody else is if they think that Cam Lewis can do two and they, and they want the position versatility of Cam Lewis to say, well, he's our fourth safety, but he's also our fifth or sixth cornerback that's the only scenario that i think yeah that's the only scenario that i think they could get away with not having Mar hamlin on here but i think that's a headache they don't want i think that's a locker room issue they don't want like we talk about how the fans would react to that right um situation how the fans world worldwide would react to that but i mean he's he is who he is in that locker room as well uh and i think that there would have there would be a you know he's he's a catalyst of bonding he's a catalyst right. of brotherhood that those That's players experience yep. and so i have to imagine that that wouldn't be healthy for the team either for the, him to not make the roster yeah i like that catalyst of brotherhood that's a very good way to put it and i think we said from the beginning if if demar hamlet could come back and even beyond the practice squad for a team that experienced everything negative on and off the field last year what a bright spot that would be. Uh, what a motivational factor that would be for for the rest of that locker room uh, to have a guy from where he was eight months ago to back playing and being on the team, being in the locker room, making an impact in some way, whether it's on special teams or defense. What a motivational factor that would be for other players uh, on the team and what a positive that would be for a team that hasn't experienced many positives in the past 12 months. Yeah. Um, so just, a, just an amazing sight to see him out there just playing football, just to keep it as simple as simple could be. Because again, if it was me, and I'm sure if it was a lot of people listening to this podcast right now that were into Mar Hamlin's shoes, um, I, I couldn't even imagine even thinking about doing what he does when that ball is snapped. Uh, hitting someone, engaging with with blocks, tackling, like anything physical, I would just mentally could not get there. So kudos to DeMar Hamlin or Tony, a trending up or stock up. If that's stock up, A, this is stock up, B, no, I don't want to say this. What? Um, <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Like if that stock work up with one, me here. one A is um, this. Yeah. If that's stock up one A, then stock up one B has to be DeMar Hamlin's body double because he's also doing a lot of good work. Right. We he's cannot doing forget fantastic that. work. We cannot forget about DeMar Hamlin's body double. He's got everyone duped. It's really, I mean, could we be talking about like a it takes two scenario or what's the uh Freaky Friday? What's the Lindsay Low Freaky Friday? <laughs> and I wasn't thinking that. What's the uh Lindsay Lohan twins movie? Um, I think you're thinking of kind Junior. Of Parent Trap oh, okay. kind of movie. Any movie with really twins. It was it was Parent Trap. It was called the Parent Trap. Yeah, Parent Trap. Yeah. Are we are we yeah. in like a with Demar Hamlin and his body double? Are we in like a Parent Trap situation now, where they're just like interchangeable? Like 
real Demar does this body double Demar goes grocery shopping. Oh, so you're thinking this is like a multiplicity situation or that? Yeah. Well, Do you know Jean multiplicity? Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Yes. Yeah, that seems like multiplicity. Like I'm like you just. Get, produce yourself a clone to do all the menial tasks to get a little more time for yourself. Absolutely. Hey, Demar, you want you want to go um, on I Mask mean, Singer, the worst show in the world this week? No, with My a child. Could do that. Yeah, right. With with a child interacting with some Sesame Street characters. That sounds like the worst thing ever. Oh, I would love to do that. Did he do that? Singer. I didn't see that. I didn't yeah, see. Demar Ham was on the Mask Singer. Yeah, I know. What Sesame Street are you talking about? Oh, was that oh, was like Oscar the Grouch on the Masked Singer at the time? It was. I don't even know what it was. It was like a segment with Elmo, and maybe it was Oscar and Cookie Monster. And this is the parent in me some coming out. Some of the OGs. Some of the OGs. Yeah, some of the OGs. Yeah, uh, Sesame Street characters, and they were with Demir, Demar's brother. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Demar came out. I don't even know what Demir was doing with Sesame Street characters. It was all very odd, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did watch it, and I do agree with you that it was that it was. I do agree with you that it was all pretty odd, and it seemed seemed a little ungapacha, like a little bit much, a little bit of a hat on right. a hat. Right, right. That's exactly what it was. Uh, but again, stock up to Demar's body double, putting in work because Demar Hamlin. Yeah. Stock stock up A is one A is putting in the work on the field. So again, maybe he's severed. We don't know. Um, Tony, uh, my first stock down. Yeah, let's get negative. Right this. To, this is what I've been waiting let's for. Let's get negative. Let's 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 start hating. Hate, 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 hate. Player haters ball. Chappelle show. Uh, first stock down. I gotta go with Deion Dawkins. We talked about the struggles mm-hmm. of the offensive line. The more I watch Deion Dawkins, the more I think we we as Bills fans have this like unrealistic vision of who Deion Dawkins is as a player. Because I think ever since he took on this like snowman persona, which he didn't have his rookie year, he kind of well, created he wasn't this so public his rookie year. Yeah, sure. And he's more public now, but he's created this snowman character throughout the past couple of years. And ever since he started doing that, I feel like as the off the field character, even on the field, because he's a character on the field, has become more prevalent, the production on the field has dwindled or decreased i feel like they're correlating in some way so um as dan dawkins becomes more of a public figure more of a character he was on part of my take and part of my take had rave reviews about him saying he needs to be a recurring guest and that's awesome he's super charismatic fun guy we all know that but i think because of that and because that fun charismatic nature plays into what bill's mafia us as fans like to see. And I think we kind of painted a picture of how good Deion Dawkins is and overinflated how good he is. Because as I watch him more and more, I don't really know if he's that good. I think he's okay. And I think it's very tough to find a left tackle, a very good left tackle or a solid left tackle in this league, someone to protect your quarterback. And Deion Dawkins is solid. But again, it goes back to our talking point of, I feel like he should be really good. Like we should be talking about him not maybe on like Trent Williams level discussion, but somewhere just below that. And I don't feel like I'm getting there. And I feel like I'm actually moving farther away from the discussion or from that point I want to get to as I watch him more and more. Matt, I'm glad we're putting this out there finally, because I have been giving myself the benefit of the doubt for years that Brandon Bean gave him this cool contract. So 
I probably don't know what I'm talking about in my assessment of Deion Dawkins because everyone seems to disagree with me, including professionals. All right. Well, I've always, yeah, I've always kind of thought, I'm like, is he that good? Like, I, like you said, like solid. I'm always like, yeah, like he's de- like left tackle's not exactly a like gaping hole of a need, but I'm like, I never thought it was just like super taken care. I don't know. Like, I never thought it was just like, I, <laughs> I'll put it this way. I never thought Deion Dawkins was someone we were lucky to have. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just thought he was considered fine enough and that left tackles are not a dime a dozen. So we'll stick with that. And he's a nice guy. So we'll stick with that. And uh, I think that it's clear to me what I would say the issue is, and it's not the snowman persona. It's not um, snow D to use his severance name. Right. It would be his, to me, it's, it's the issue of slippery, um, yeah, like slippery hands and skin from this tea tree oil situation he's gotten himself involved in. Now, if I know one thing about Deion Dawkins, it's that he has merged in with some, another piece of entertainment that I'm involved with in my life, that being Below Deck on Bravo. Matt, do you okay. watch Below Deck? I don't, know. I like to say Above no, Deck. Matt, are you, oh, okay. I mean, a lot of it is... A lot of it is above deck and in the salon, as they might say. Um, okay. The, but you're familiar with Deion Dawkins' partnership with Captain Sandy. Uh, no, I don't know who Captain Sandy is, and I didn't know Deion Dawkins had a relationship with. Oh said well, Captain, Captain Sandy. Sandy was. Uh, Captain Sandy was. Um, Captain Sandy was in the, was in the building for several days, and it was at One Bill's Drive. Oh, wow. She was on. She was on One Bill's Live. Uh, she was doing live. Um, she was doing like Instagram lives on the Bills Instagram, and it's because oh, wow. okay. uh, her, her, and Deion Dawkins are in this partnership for uh, this tea tree oil company. Sandy uses it on the yachts uh, because wow. that's you know close quarters, and there's always mold and there's always moisture and stuff. It's in the Mediterranean for crying out loud. And then Deion Dawkins really likes it because the locker room is disgusting. So they have joined forces to endorse this tea tree oil and it seems like ever since this happened either uh Deion Dawkins brain is on the yacht or the tea tree oil is affecting his gameplay I mean if the only literally Matt the only thing I know about tea tree oil is that it's probably slippery the right. only thing I know about Deion Dawkins job is that he has to hold things tight so I mean <laughs> the, like let's let's uh add it up together here he's got to drop this tea tree oil it's yes. making him too he's too vulnerable. slippery Yes, yeah. he's too slippery. And when <laughs> Dion's vulnerable, Josh is vulnerable. Yeah, it's right. an issue. And also, an issue. Captain Sandy is not the best captain in the Below Deck universe. <laughs> so we all know that belongs to Captain Glenn. And yes, then the guy that's on down under is also decent. So Steve Irwin? Too soon. Come on. Sorry. Sorry, too soon. Long live the crocodile hunter. The thing with Dion Dawkins is... Not only the teacher oils, but like I said, I feel like he's solid and it's tough to find a solid left tackle. His PFF grades are actually pretty good based on how much merit you put into that grading system. Um, mm-hmm. He ranks like overall like 30th in the 30s among um, all linemen for overall pass and run blocking grades. So pretty, pretty good. Um, he does a good job of protecting Josh for the most part. I feel like when he falters, it's super noticeable. Like he'll have 
if he has a hundred snaps in a game and 98 of those snaps are great blocking, whether pass or run, those two that aren't good result in like strip sacks, fumbles, game changing plays, Mm -hmm. really, really detrimental to the outcome of the game or the positive outcome for the, of the game that the, the bills could achieve. So like, that's, that's what I, what I think about Deion Dawkins. I think he's good. I think he's solid, but it seems like when he falters, when he looks bad, like it is detrimental to the, our success. Yeah. It's not just like, Oh, it he missed the down. block and, and uh, you know, Josh took a two yard sack. No, it's like Josh tore a muscle in his arm and fumbled or threw a, stupid bad interception because Deion Dawkins missed the guy and the guy's bearing down on Josh so he forced like it all it all seems to be just exacerbated in some way when Deion Dawkins doesn't play up to his potential I would agree when he's when he is uh not on his game it does have a tremendous impact because that's I mean I guess that's the nature of a left tackle it does have a tremendous impact but when he's good we can be very solid it can really help everyone out when he's smiling the whole world smiles with him but when he's crying he brings on the rain so he needs to stop crying and be happy again mel torme mel torme well put well the velvet fog the velvet fog <laughs> uh that's my fog first rolls in the stock show. stock down i'll do another stock down my second stock down tony so we end on a positive note uh my second stock down i'm gonna go with that oliver again oh i guess you're yeah, right he's okay been- i'll I mean, I'll let you do it, but I like didn't really notice it. Yeah, which is bad. Okay, go. It's not. It's not that he's been bad. It's that I don't think he's been good. And just as you said, <laughs> kind of industry there of like haven't really noticed him. I haven't really noticed him either. And all this talk of this offseason with this new contract of Ed Oliver, straight from Ed Oliver's mouth, is that he needs to prove himself over again or for again. And this seems like the fifth year running now, fourth year running now, that Ed Oliver has had to, from his own mouth, says he has to prove himself. It's like, okay, start proving yourself. Like, go out there That's what and I'm saying. do something. Like, make an impact when you said on a the consistent phrase, basis. When you said the phrase, prove himself over again, I'm like, when did he prove himself the first time? I'm waiting for right. the first proving. Right. We're all waiting. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, mm-hmm. yes, it's the preseason, and I know... He's had a couple minor knocks during practice in terms of the injury bug. Nothing detrimental, but maybe he's just going easy and going through the motions until we get to the regular season. He ramps up. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, But what I'm seeing with my own eyes is we paid a lot of money to this guy to be a core piece of this defense for the next three to four years. And I need him to stop proving himself and just be proven, be an impact player, make a difference. Um, and again, the caveat is this is preseason, so none of it matters. And we'll, the true test will be when the games start to count in three weeks, but I just need to see, like, I need to see it. I haven't seen even like flashes of it this preseason or even in media reports, like about training camp or practices. I haven't really seen like, man, that Oliver looked dominant. He was unblockable today. I don't know if you saw anything in training camp, hashtag Tony tweets camp, but I'm just I, nothing not specific. seeing it, and yeah. that's why he's stocked down for me. I would agree. Like, it, I mean, yeah, it's, as I said before, like he's not – I'm not noticing him that much either way. But I do think that he gets – I mean, I guess maybe I can vaguely remember me noticing him 
in some of the plays where we were like aggressively shutting down the run of the Steelers. And it's like, if we're getting that good penetration, I feel like Ed Oliver is a part of it, but I feel like we also get it without him something, you know, a good amount of the time. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not not sold on him, but I'm not ready to, I'll be an Ed Oliver apologist, but I won't be an Ed Oliver. Like I won't proactively be about him. Right. Yeah. I'm on the fence. He's, but I million dollar smile. So, you know, (laughs) of course that's what matters the most. Right. 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 Um, but it does make you think like where Brandon Bean's priorities are and listeners know, you know, I am no Tremaine Edmonds fan. It seems like the bills are going to miss him and have wildly miscalculated the, the in-house resources they had to replace him. But also I would not have paid him that much money, but I don't think I would have paid at Oliver what he got in his two contract either based on how he's performed since he's been on the team, since he's entered the league. So um, I don't. I don't know if Brandon Bean has a money spending problem or doesn't know how to allocate his money in the correct way or where to cr- where to correctly wow. allocate it to. Um, mm-hmm. That's probably a different discussion all in itself. But um, it it just seems like if Ed Oliver gets this new contract, that's a lot of money to kind of be a little better John McCargo. Like a couple flashes here or there, but John McCargo certainly did not get paid like Ed yeah, Oliver. Yeah, harsh paid. words. Harsh words to compare him to McCargo. Yeah, because McCargo oh, was my awesome. Gosh. <laughs> Is McCargo yeah, a first-round sure. pick? Um, like, racking my brain through yes. now? Yeah, we traded oh, him up into God. the first round for him. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so, definitely stock down for Ed Oliver. Um, maybe he should spend less time working on his fielding of punts, more time working on penetrating the pocket and getting to the quarterback. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying at Oliver. The shade... Israel, Tony, final stock up. Are you ready? Yes. Um, my final stock up is the stock up we've been waiting to see for the whole preseason, throughout training camp, throughout the preseason, and that is Buffalo's newest weapon, Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid looked fantastic this game. Um, mm. We saw great chemistry with Josh Allen right from the get-go. Uh We've read about it in practice. We saw it in clips on social media. We finally got to see it in, in a game. We didn't get to see it week one because Josh Allen didn't play. And the step down from Josh Allen to Kyle Allen or Matt Barkley is wide. So, <laughs> but we saw this game, how Dalton Kincaid could be utilized, not only as in, in tw- not only in 12 personnel, but also just moving across the line in many different positions. And it's not only the production Dalton Kincaid had during this game. He had uh, three catches for 45 yards with a long of 21. So that was great to see. I think it was on top of that production, the realization or the vision of how the Bills and Ken Dorsey can utilize Dalton Kincaid and how this offense can look with Dalton Kincaid being a core piece of it or a core component of it. Uh, and that is defenses have to adjust. Like they have to adjust to him being on the field because if you go small and you go nickel corner or extra DB, he can be an efficient blocker and we can get the run game going pretty easily. That's a mismatch there, a size mismatch. Now, if you go three linebackers and line him up with a linebacker, now we have a passing game mismatch because Don Kincaid is, 
way more athletic, way more fluid, way more understanding of the routes he needs to run and where he needs to be on the field than the linebacker who's lining up across from him. And now that opens up a lot of passing options for Dalton Kincaid to get on one-on-one scenarios and get open. So it's not only the vision of seeing how the offense is going to be able to operate, but it's the excitement of seeing, man, the defenses can't really adjust to this because there really is no easy way to this. Because if you bring help, that leaves a guy like Stefan Diggs or Gabe Davis open. We saw Gabe Davis be wide open on a couple of occasions in this second preseason game. Uh, we saw Stefan Diggs get separation, but that's because Don Kincaid is a threat in the passing game. So I I loved what I saw, not only from the man himself, the rookie tight end himself, loved the trickle-down effect of how defense or defenses are going to need to adjust and how there really is no answer for having Dalton Kincaid on the field or when Dalton Kincaid's on the field. And it kind of, it's a, it's a leap and it's a unrealistic leap, but it kind of makes the Bills offense feel unstoppable to a degree. So <laughs> I just loved what I saw. Yeah, I said it. I agree. Well, I, I'm not going to use such language as unstoppable, but, I agree that Dalton Kate is super good. I'm excited strategically about what Dorsey's going to be able to do. I agree with you on that one. Um, and I like the wrinkles of not only him, but I just like that there's, I mean, I, I basically, I guess what I'm saying is that I like Hardy more than I think I like Isaiah McKenzie as a player. So I'm really excited okay. about just like the, the roles um, that we can see our, our players uh, adopting and adapting to uh, yeah. in this in this offense, whereas like, yeah, if you can't match speed, then we're going to give you some crazy speed. If you can't match a 12 personnel, uh, two really good tight ends, then we're going to give that to you. If you can't match just solid, some of the best route running you've ever seen in your damn life, then we're going to give that to you. Uh, and I'm really just excited to see the diverse. I just love the diversity. I'm so into the diversity uh, that, that I'm seeing in the roster construction of, of the weapons on this offense. Uh, same thing even in the run game. I feel like we have really dynamic runners that are all different personalities in their running style too. Uh, so it really just boils down to the line, like as we've been saying and as we've been seeing. But yeah, I'm a big, big Dalton Kincaid fan. I will say this is the uh, most tempted I've ever been to get a rookie's jersey before like really knowing. Statement. Yeah. From a guy who owns many random jerseys, including Jerome Felton. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this is a big statement. And I mean, those jerseys are, are the team issue jerseys. So these are not like the most random ones I have. Yeah. But like the idea that I'm thinking about buying like a jersey, like I'm going to go to Dick's and I'm going to give them my credit card and they're going to swipey swipey. And then I'm going to walk out of there with a jersey. That's pretty wild. Pretty wild. Could be Dalton Kincaid. It It does feel like all the preseason hype has not slowed down at all. It's only grown to me. Um, Yes, the Travis Kelsey next Travis Kelsey talks were wildly overzealous, but and still performances are. like yet still are yes, but performances like yet in the second preseason game, you like the potential, and you could see why the hype train was real this summer. I'm very excited. You you mentioned the diversity, not only that he brings, but that his presence brings to this offense, and I think that's spot on. Uh, there's many different ways this offense can attack you in many different ways the defenses have to adjust to that, which the more ways they have to adjust, the more variables you can throw at a defense, the harder it is 
for them to defend us, in my opinion. So that's all that's all gravy to me. That's all great. I love what I saw from Dolan Kincaid. Love what I saw from the first team offense, but it's all about that offensive line. You're right. Even if in how many years have we said this? Even if they're average, because I I truly think, and you could think I'm crazy, you could think I'm wrong. Uh, this is the best skill skill position wise the Bills have been in the Josh Allen era. Uh, on offense? Yes. Like the offensive skill positions? Yeah, like the weapons, running back, wide receivers, uh, tight ends. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I guess I'll give that to you. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, but... I mean, the only thing, yeah, I the only thing I was saying, I'm like, I'm like, well, I mean, there were like other Hall of Famers that were on this team, but I guess they were, you know, that was like towards the end. In my mind, I'm thinking like, you know, Frank Gore, I'm thinking LaShawn McCoy early in Josh's career. But the but when that was yeah, happening, like yeah. the wide receiver situation was not good. So, yeah. Wide receivers were Calvin good. Benjamin and Zay Jones. Right, right. As a group, this feels like the best group of weapons we've had. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. Yep. So if that offensive line, we've been saying it for years, can just be average. Uh, you don't even need to be great. You don't even need to be good. If you're good, that's great. But you don't need if you're average with how good Josh Allen is and how much he can improvise and create things on his own and how skilled this set of weapons are for him in this offense. Like just that offensive line just needs to be average. Just give give Josh three to five seconds back there and he can work magic. And that's where I kind of yes, maybe it's a wildly uh, blasphemous statement of unstoppable, but if they can give Josh time, it's going to be tough to stop these guys. That's that's just my opinion. So, um, Tony, those are my stock up, stock down. A lot of other players showed out uh, pretty well, I thought. Uh, some some witty, not funny alumni. Kingsley Jonathan had yeah. a sack. Looks pretty good. I love him uh, as a practice squad guy, and I hope he doesn't get plucked again because I, I love his potential. He's really taken over the Mike Love role for me. Like Mike Love, who was... Oh, a, all right. Who was who was deemed a rookie for like four straight seasons? <laughs> like mm-hmm. on the official roster, it said rookie, even though he's on the practice squad for like three three seasons at this point. Um, but Kingsley Jonathan has really taken over that Mike Love role of like, yeah. man, like he looks good during preseason, and I could see him challenging for a spot if we weren't so deep at that spot. Um, Justin Shorter looked good, I thought, with against third and four stringers. Keep in mind, but still looked good. That's the kind of performance uh, we've wanted to see from a guy who we've been told has a lot of potential. Uh, Jay Sternberger had a nice 27-yard catch, Tony. Yes. Jay Strain is back in motion. Huge relief for Tony's camp crush. Huge relief. (laughs) Um, Jace. And again, I thought Dorian Williams was maybe the best linebacker from a whole game standpoint. Obviously, Milano is great and... Um, but we saw a rotation with the first team of AJ Klein and Tyrell Dodson when Dorian Williams looks better, just as good. I mean, it kind of feels like Matt Milano's rookie year where I think we mentioned this last week where Ramon Humber played over him and we're just waiting to the coaches have to put Milano in because we know he's a better player and you're just not letting him get these set. Like to me, I think they missed their window, but after week one of the preseason, you should have said, unless you plan to sign someone, which it doesn't seem like they're going to sign anyone like a Rashad Evans, 
who started for the Falcons last year, 159 tackles, by the way. I don't know why we don't sign him. Um, Drew Tranquil was $3 million for the Chiefs, which was apparently too rich for Brandon Bean's blood. But maybe they just don't value the middle linebacker position like some of us do in the in the fan base. But um, to me, like the window is right after week one against the Colts. Like you had three weeks plus to get Dorian Williams up to speed for the middle linebacker position. Like that was your window. And for some reason, I don't know why you want to don't want to let him do that. Um, He's the surest tackler. I love the athleticism. I love how he gets off of blocks and uses the athleticism to get around blocks. Um, He's very instinctual and just, just has a knack for, for the game and the ball. It seems like so. Uh, yeah, he makes mistakes out there. Sometimes you notice him getting lost in coverage a little bit, and maybe that's the big stepping or the big hurdle he needs to get over. But he's, it clearly seems like he's the best option just from a pure athleticism standpoint. And just from a pure, let's just get our best 11 guys out there standpoint. Like Dorian Williams seems like he needs to be in that, the guy at this point for me. So couple other players stock up, a couple other players stock down. So Spencer Brown, we mentioned, struggled again. Um, so overall, not the greatest showing from the first team, but it's preseason. Majority of the people are healthy, and we're that much closer to the regular season when the games count. So that's all I can say. Tony, any final thoughts before uh, we wrap up here? Man, on the Dorian Williams topic, I can remember, as I'm sure you can, growing up playing Madden. Yes. And you were always in... I remember a classic conundrum when you had a player, like let's say you have like a like someone who's just like a stud, like a Von Miller. Mm-hmm. And it's like Von Miller is listed as defensive end in Madden 99. But Von Miller listed as defensive tackle in Madden 94. And I already have like a 96 guy at defensive tackle. So now I'm in this conundrum. Do I let Von Miller, the Madden version of Von Miller, a digital Von Miller, it's probably probably going to increase my defense as a team rating a little bit. If I move on Miller inside his unnatural position, but he's just such a freak. He's naturally good at it. So that I give other really good players opportunities, or do I let Von Miller be his best self and thrive in him being a 99? And that's, I feel like where I feel like what you're describing with Dorian Williams is Dorian Williams seems really good. And he would probably be pretty good at middle linebacker at Mike but that's not him, his best self. He's not going to be his best self. He's not going to be his fullest potential. He's not going to be um, like, he's going to be a little bit hindered in his progress, but he still might be pretty decent and it might be overall best uh, if we do it. So I feel like we're in that conundrum. And in this case, I am not in favor. I think if he's ultimately going to be a better football player at outside linebacker, then he has to be kept at outside linebacker. And that's like what's best for him. That's what's best for the player. And I kind of stand on that side of the debate that I've been explaining, even if we, I guess, sacrifice by having a more inferior middle linebacker to leave the room open for him to be an even better outside linebacker. But he's never going to get a chance if Milano's on the right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, disagree. I mean, Milano doesn't play 100% of the snaps and he wouldn't, or at least he wouldn't anyway. Uh, if he drafted Dorian a third round guy in there play and like five percent of snaps <laughs> and Milano, if you'll uh, indulge me, Milano yeah. has somewhat of an injury history. Yeah. Somewhat. So, yeah. Um, so I would, 
I don't know. I, I like the idea at this point of honing his skills, at least letting him develop in the case of on the outside of backing up Matt Milano. And then if after he gets to a certain point of, you know, of development uh, and we experiment with him inside his new self, his professional self experimenting with him inside, uh, then I can see that. But I don't want to jump the gun in his development uh, by moving him inside too quickly, just based on the need. Especially I with just, veterans on the team. And it's, but those veterans are, we know they are who they are. Yeah, That's but like saying. the middle linebacker position doesn't really require, you know, like not a lot is on the shoulders of the middle linebacker in this defense anyway. Well, I guess maybe I shouldn't say that because it's. I feel like a lot is. You know, I will, we'll be learning, we will be learning Sean McDermott's interpretation of this defense. Cause you're right. It could be, it could be different with McDermott at the helm. I mean, he certainly seemed to like Wu Kikwe, so. <laughs> That's why I was wondering if, like, I know they're not physically the same, Kikui and mm-hmm. Milano, but I wonder if the end goal is to move Milano to Edmund's spot and then Dorian Williams goes to Milano's spot. If that's, oh, that's an interesting like, idea, re- too. Really mm-hmm. the end game here? Because um, it feels like Milano, like, from the beginning, it always felt like Milano would just be the natural, like, fit to fill in Tremaine Edmund's role. Mm-hmm. I didn't consider that, but that's that's something. That's something. something. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, Tony, we'll put a wrap up on our, our Bills segment this week. Um, next week, we have the final preseason game, final roster cuts. We will get an idea of who is making this team. We'll have a lot to discuss next week. And a little teaser pleaser, possible special guest, Tony. Wow. It could be a Let's big get that possible get for us. A Emphasis on big. So... Just a little mm-hmm. teaser pleaser there for you, listeners. But it's wrapping up the Bills we've segment, been talking a lot of shit about offensive linemen in all this episode. So, well, maybe we'll get it from our guest of uh, who uh, of how how we should really be evaluating the offensive line position. Right. We're giving right, away yeah. too much, Tony. We're giving away too much. You're right. You're right. right. All I'm saying is put your dumbbells away. Our guest is coming. No, I'm kidding. It's not him. No, no, don't. <laughs> we can't. We can't handle the bandwidth. Of having that person no. on the show. No, we couldn't. Uh, Tony, let's wrap it up. Uh, let's throw it to our sponsor. We'll be back. We got some shunning to do, people. So we'll be back after the break. That sound you hear? That's the sound of opening up a refreshing cold one on a hot summer day. And you know what's keeping my drink cold, listeners? A quality koozie from Traveling Growler. Follow them on Instagram and check out www.travelinggrowler.com for all their cool designs. Keep the chill in your fill and travel in style with Traveling Growler. And we are show. back. Tony, before we say our goodbyes who are we shunning this week of course listeners it's our summer of shunning just like last year was our summer of seltzers this year's summer of shunning we're out here to shun that's all we're doing uh tony i got a good one this week so i'm gonna kick it off i am okay, shunning please do because mine's not great okay <laughs> i am shunning i want to get this right the somali athletics federation okay go on Yes. Uh, recently, the Somali Athletics Federation uh, put a runner in the World University Games, which took place in China, into the 100-meter women's dash, if you will. Uh, the Somali runner who was entered into that race, I don't know how she qualified. I don't know what nepotism back-end shenanigans were going on to get her in this race. Uh, typically, Tony, how let me ask you, how... Um, fast do you think a hundred meter sprinter can can run a race mm, i don't know like nine seconds eight seconds yeah it's typical like 
nine seconds, 10 seconds, 11 seconds, somewhere in there. The Somali yeah. athlete who ran this race, 21 seconds. All right. Uh, could I she beat was that? Not, hmm. Could you beat that? That's a great question. I think you might be I able might to time myself it. tomorrow. Um, it was so bad that uh, this runner was by halfway through the race was not even in the frame of the television. Uh, it was embarrassing. <laughs> I, I don't know how this took place. The Somali Athletics Federation official who entered this female into the race was uh, promptly suspended. And the statement they said uh, as to why this person was suspended was an abuse of power and nepotism and defaming the name of the nation. Uh, this poor oh girl uh, just bearing the weight of a nation, of a nation, the the, the disdain of a nation, the, the shame of a nation on her shoulders. Um, but it was it was quite funny. You could tell right from the jump that this person had no business being in a competitive race like this. Uh, how the 20 year old was selected. I think she was a family member of the suspended athletics minister. So uh, why this person was in the race, I don't know. It, it was very funny, but also very sad at the same time. So uh, my shunning is going to the, the Somali Athletics Federation. Matt, it's interesting that Somali has said, uh, that they has brought great shame to the nation in addition to the other negative negative uh, aspects that this, that this uh, athlete athlete brought. Well, no, because I was thinking kind of in that light. I was thinking that's what you think has brought shame to your nation. Like when right. I think Somalia, I don't think upstanding citizens of the world. Right. I mean, I'm sure many Somalians are fantastic, but when I think of the nation of Somalia, I do not think that this is. Just, I do not think that like at the UN they're coming in with the best of reputations here. Sure. But this sure. runner is who brought the shame. That's right. Apparently we think so. Apparently right. we think so. Apparently I think so. So that is my shun for this week. Tony, who are you shunning? Or what are you shunning? Uh well, I have to shun the Queen Bee herself. No, I'm not talking about Josh's ex. No. No, I'm not talking about Beyonce. I'm Twist. talking about the literal Queen Bee because there's bees in my house. Oh, no. uh, that have penetrated that have penetrated through the siding in their in their uh you know dwelling dwellings dwell, dwell, dwelling oh, no. dwelling in their living uh yeah yes. so been hyping up a lot of spray been covered in a lot of weird foam working that out but trying to get That's that first queen, time gotta get her gotta get her out just like josh gotta get gotta the get queen out gotta get the queen out um so I, I feel. I feel opposite. like I'm not really shunning her. I'm giving her a lot of attention, but then I'll shun her. Yes, after she dies, true. <laughs> and you'll shun her. Uh, the <laughs> are they wasps or are they like they're wasps? I'm assuming, right? Uh, see, when I Google image search H on this box, yeah, like when I Google image search a wasp, I really don't think that's what I'm seeing. Okay, because they don't have very big the the ones that I the. Insects I'm seeing don't have very big. What is the term? Ab, not abdomen, but like the like where the stinger is, like the thorax or something. Yeah, the thorax. Yeah, like they don't have very big thoraxes. Go with my like, bug anatomy. Or I but... should say, I should say, long thoraxes, the way that a wasp yeah. does, and they don't have yellow thoraxes. I think it might be just the yellow jackets. Okay. Um, okay. Great show, by the way. But, oh Speaking well, this wasp. Shows. This wasp isn't. This wasp in Google imaging might be close. Okay, so I'm mm -hmm. you're researching this as we're recording. Uh, no, wasps yeah, you know do seem goes. to be 
a big issue. Uh, I have a similar issue in my place of work. Uh, wasps, I kill about 15 to 20 a day in my office. Wow. They come through. There's a, there's a hive right outside my office. They come through the vents and they're completely dumb and stupid. So they're easy to kill because I think they get discombobulated through the air conditioning or whatever. Uh, yeah. They seem, seems to be an issue. Seems to be an issue across the region. Uh, bees, of course, as listeners know, good for nothing. Pollen is fake. It's not a real thing. Pollination. It's not a real thing. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't help our ecosystem in any way. I truly think that. This is a hot take. This is a hot take. I truly think that. Uh, and bees are completely worthless. That's why every time I see them, I will do my best to kill them. Sorry. I'm, I haven't been stung to this day in my life. And I, I don't plan on getting stung anytime soon. So uh, bees, you're worthless to me. And if you cross my path, you will pay the consequences. Wow. Matt, I mean, as we're spreading lies about bees, I'll, I'll spread one as well. Because yeah. science has shown clearly that, you know, I mean, it's law of averages, I suppose. So maybe it's not that clear. But uh, science has shown that for every bee you kill, that's another week off of the lifespan of our own livable planet. So when we are struggling to survive and at odds with each other in the Thank water me. wars, I know exactly who I'm blaming. Can find me Coming right to you, Matt, by saying this is because Kevin of you. Costner. <laughs> How do you think you fare in a water world situation? Oh, awful. Me too. That's like Just awful. Maybe the worst case scenario. Yes. Uh, That's the worst post-apocalyptic scenario for me. for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Give me the wasteland. Yeah, I don't have skills for that. I don't want a water world. Yeah, water world's not gonna not gonna be conducive to what I got going on. I'll take an I am My legend set. scenario over water world any day. Oh, for sure. I am legend is yeah. a dream. <laughs> it's a paradise. The electricity worked. Yeah, it is. It is yeah. paradise. I could charge my phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I charge my phone. I could watch old tapes of the Today Show. It's easy. Yeah, that's great. Sign me up for that, Tony. Let's wrap Get it a up. Treadmill. Thank Come you. on. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I am legend on the treadmill. Let's wrap it up, though. Uh, thank you, of course, to our sponsor, Traveling Growler. www.travelinggrowler.com. Quality koozie starting at just $5. Great gift for loved ones, friends, shop local, support local. Travelinggrowler.com. Podcast store, teespring.com. Search Witty Not Funny, all one word. Or Google, search Teespring Witty Not Funny. You'll find us. Check out all the awesome designs, t-shirts, get all original, fairly cost-efficient Bill's gear for the upcoming season. Um, like we always say, you'll be the talk of your watch party, your tailgate. Every time I wear my Buffalo Brothers t-shirt, I get comments. I get somebody saying how awesome that is. Multiple people saying how awesome that is. So you can have that same feeling, listeners. Just check out the t-shirt store, the podcast store today, and get a Witty Not Funny piece of clothing. Uh, or apparel. Uh, we just released our first golf hat. Not Bills, not Sabres, not Buffalo related. Our first golf hat, the Stay Witty Rope Hat. It's awesome. You got to DM us for it. It's exclusive, not even on the podcast store. So check that out. If you're a golfer, it's it's moisture resistant. It, it's it's awesome. It's a really cool looking hat. So check that out. Um, where to find the podcast? You can find the podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, iTunes, Spotify. Search Built in Buffalo. Search Witty Not Funny. If you like us, subscribe. We always like to say whether you give us two minutes or two hours of your time. We greatly appreciate that. In 136 episodes in, we truly do mean that. So thank you if you're a first time or long time listener. 
thank you for checking us out and supporting us. Uh, Twitter X handles, Tony. Uh, I, I'm so befuddled with Twitter X. Uh, it's, it's the worst now. Like they took away tweet deck. They make you pay for tweet deck, which uh, allowed you to, uh, um, do multiple accounts if you have multiple accounts like a personal and a podcast account in this case uh, see them at the same time and just work with through them at the same time uh, you have to pay for that now you can't DM anyone unless you're verified unless you pay money for a verification it's just the worst thing ever so if you're off of it I understand but if you're on it where can the listeners find you uh, my account is not yet deactivated um, you can find me at Tony Ambrose. You, you can Where also can find, find you me Sky Blue. Blue Sky? Blue Sky. You can also or find Sky me Blue. on, uh, Sky on Blue's Blue Sky at Buffalo Sabres. At Buffalo Sabres. Check out Tony on Blue Sky and at Buffalo Sabres. On Red Blue Sky, yeah. Buffalo Sabres on Blue Sky currently has three followers really and nice. is following 12 people. Okay, nice. There you go. Listeners, if you're on Blue yeah. Sky, check out at Buffalo Sabres. Give us a follow. There. We are on our way. Uh, you can follow, follow the podcast on X Twitter at Woody Sports Seven One Six. Also on Instagram at Woody Sports Seven One Six. Facebook, TikTok, Waiting Out Funny Sports. Give us a follow on all platforms. We love following back. Love connecting with Bills Mafia, Saber Source people, the Buffalo sports community out there. Give us a follow. We love following back. Uh, Tony, send off for the listeners. What do we got? Oh, I thought we were not doing send offs anymore. So. No one's listening anyway, so whatever. See you next week. What do you say that? We get like we have like tunnel listeners a week. You think they go to the end? You think those listeners are going all the way to the end? I hope so. I hope so too. The end the end is I really like that's where, where the best, we, best stuff is. That's where really that's what where I'm we saying. I think we we really, really hit our stride at the end. <laughs> yeah. It's about it takes about an hour and a half for us to warm up. Then right at yep. the end is when we're like listenable. Yeah. Just it takes us about yeah 120 minutes to really warm up, mm-hmm. and then those last two minutes really where we shine. So I hope you stick it out to the right. end listeners. As we always say, stay witty out there, everyone. Thanks for listening. Go Bills. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. See you later. Bye. Moshon is a fresher breath there. He just loved chain restaurants. Matter of fact, he ate at Applebee's 12 times during the bye week. I love each and it. Most of you guys. That really is still swollen, isn't it? <laughs> it it kind of looks like a football, actually. Thank it's you for that. Stitching you that, guys. Thank you. Hey, D, I like donuts, baby. Let's go. Uh, stay focused. Um, work hard in school. You might not like school, but make sure you're working hard at school. It builds a bomb. It builds a bomb. It's your boy DM3, and you're listening to the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network.